the MLB trade deadline has come and gone. And boy, oh boy, I don't think Red Sox fans are very happy with what transpired on Tuesday. You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I am your host, Nessun's Lauren Campbell, and I am flying solo today, at least for the first segment of Locked On Red Sox. My co-host, Massachusetts Pirates team insider Jake Ignazuski, is on the road, but he will be back for tomorrow's episode because we do want to debate what the Red Sox did and maybe what they didn't do on Tuesday because for once... We don't necessarily agree. We were texting back and forth today, and we, for once in our lives, I think, did not agree with what the Red Sox have done on Tuesday. The trade deadline, it is officially 6.01 p.m. Sometimes trades come rolling in, so if that does, if that is the case with the Red Sox, you know I got you. I'm always going to have your backs. But let's talk about what the Red Sox did do. And I just wanted to touch quickly on Boston trading Christian Vasquez. I know that Jake and Gabrielle Starr did a tremendous job doing just that, but something else came out Tuesday. It was Xander Bogart speaking to the media about the move, and he told reporters that it doesn't exactly wave the white flag. It doesn't fully wave the white flag, but it's hard to see. It's hard to look at this move and think that it was kind of the right one. I'm paraphrasing what he's saying. That is not a direct quote, but it's very, very hard to believe in this team. And when Xander Bogarts, who's dubbed the captain by fans here in Boston, says that it's not exactly the white flag, but it was a huge unexpected move, a move that maybe happened sooner than people would have liked. Christian Vasquez is a free agent at the end of this season. So when you have Bogarts, the leader on this team, someone who most likely will opt out at the end of this season, saying these things, in kind of a negative tone, that does not bode well for the future of Bogarts in Boston. And you take away Vasquez, your starting catcher, one of the leaders on this team, the longest tenured member of the Red Sox, and you trade him away. And what really got me on Monday when Chaim Bloom spoke to reporters after the trade became official, he came out and said that the goal still is to contend for the, the postseason. And he believes this Red Sox team can contend. No, you don't. You don't trade away your starting catcher, who is a leader on this team, who is so respected within this clubhouse among the players, the staff, the fans. And look the fans in the eye and say, yeah, I still believe in this team. When you got two prospects back for him, no disrespect to those prospects whatsoever, but you do not trade a big piece of your team and someone who's been a bright spot through an abysmal stretch of Red Sox baseball and then say, oh yeah, yeah, we still believe in this team. No, you don't, High and Bloom. You 100% don't. And that's okay if you don't. But say that. Give these fans transparency because they deserve it. They have stuck with this team through ups and downs. And yes, I know they won a World Series in 2018. They are a very successful franchise. Stop treating this team like the Tampa Bay Rays. They're not. You can't treat the Red Sox with this massive payroll like the Rays. And that's all on Vasquez. And that the same thing happened on Tuesday. So the big trade of the day was Juan Soto and Josh Bell going to the Padres. Originally, Eric Hosmer was involved in that deal to be to go back to Washington. He has a no-trade clause. The Nationals are on his 10-team list of teams he will not go to. 
He would not accept the trade. So he said, no, I'm rejecting this. And they sent, they ended up sending Luke Voigt. So it all worked out in the end for the Padres who just had a heck of a day. Good for the Padres because if you're a Padres fan, I'm so happy for you. You had a, a wonderful deadline. And even though that you're still keeping a lot of Eric Hosmer's contract, you still made out at the end of the day. So very good deadline for, for the Padres. And coming in on right now on my phone is a tweet from the Boston Globe's Alex Spear, who said there will be no buzzer beaters for the Red Sox aside from Hosmer. So the deadline is done for the Red Sox. Another deadline has come and gone. Another high and bloom deadline has come and gone. And he did nothing to help the team now. So after the Padres fiasco unfolded, it was reported that Eric Hosmer got traded to Boston. Now that came out long before prospects or money financials. Nothing had come out about who and what and what was happening with this deal until about 4.30, 4.45. It was reported that it was two prospects, a handful of cash that the Padres are retaining. And for prospects, Max Ferguson and Corey Rozier. I'm, I apologize if I'm saying his name wrong, if, but if, it's, if it is Rozier, excellent. If it's not, let me know. But you get rid of your, your catcher. So you bring in a first baseman, which immediately upgrades your need at first base, which is a good sign, right? Yes, of course, we needed that help at first base. Franchi Cordero, I'm sorry, it was just abysmal at first base. Bobby Dalbeck was struggling. He did look good the last, in Monday night's game in particular. But now you bring Hosmer in, you assume he's going to take over first base roles for the most part. So he does upgrade that position for the Red Sox. He's not the same defensive player he was in Kansas City when he won four gold gloves, but he's still an improvement over Dalbeck and Cordero at the end of the day. But when you look at him offensively, he hasn't really had an impact bat since 2020, which was the pandemic shortened season, and he played 38 games then. He doesn't hit a lot of fly balls. He's kind of pull heavy. He has only 29 home runs since the start of 2020. So you take, think of that inside Fenway Park. How is he going to handle with Fenway Park? I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, he will pay those immediate dividends at first base. So you did need help at first base, and they got it. So I'm trying not to be too too mad about that because I did say the Red Sox need to upgrade at first base. But you didn't get any bullpen help. Like, what the heck are you doing, High and Bloom? And it's so beyond infuriating at this point that another deadline comes and goes. And in this Eric Hosmer trade, you give away Jay Groom or you trade Jay Groom, who was slated to start for the Worcester Red Sox on Tuesday. And now he's no longer with the with the Red Sox. He's going to be with San Diego. And again, you're not doing anything to help the team right now. Not one thing. These are not prospects that are going to help the team right now. These are not prospects that are going to make an impact tomorrow. Maybe not even next year. What what are we doing? What is High and Bloom doing? Can someone tell me? Because I don't know anymore. And. I'm beginning to get really just flustered about what he wants to do with this team because it's very, very obvious. This Red Sox team is not a contender this year. This Red Sox team is not believed in by high and bloom this year to contend. Stop treating this team like they're the Tampa Bay Rays because they're not. Clearly, I'm fired up. But let's talk about these prospects that the, the Red Sox did get. So you have Matt, Max Ferguson. Baseball America has him ranked as the number 23 prospect in the Padres system. He has a lot of speed. He's got elite base running instincts. 
He had 51 stolen bases and 55 attempts through the first half of the season. He still needs to get stronger. And I think that's a big thing. It's a big thing with a lot of prospects. They need to get stronger, right? He slashed a line of 221, 365, 358, 723 in 91 games between low A and high A this season. Only six home runs, but Sox prospects Ian Cundell said he is the fifth round pick uh, in 2021 out of Tennessee. He has 430 appearances this year between both A leagues. His best tools are his speed and his defense. He needs to get stronger, bat is light, and has struggled since he was promoted to high A. That's not what Red Sox fans want to hear. And Corey Rozier really isn't all that better. This is his third organization, and he has been drafted just, just a year ago, just over a year. So really not what fans want to hear. And Ian Kundal again on Rozier said that he was originally drafted by Seattle in 2021 in the 12th round. He was acquired by San Diego in the Adam Frazier deal. Speed's his best tool, like Ferguson. He does make solid contact, and he has knowledge of the strike zone, but he lacks power. So again, I am begging, asking for an answer. What are you doing to help this team now? You didn't get any help for that bullpen, for that taxed bullpen, that bullpen that has been used so often, that bullpen that has blown so many saves. Yes, you got rid of Jake Diekman and that contract, and that's wonderful. What did you do for the team now? I'm going to keep asking that. That is the theme of this first segment of the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. What has happened to this team now? Then you have Xander Bogarts upset about the Vasquez trade. You have people in the organization upset about the Vasquez trade. You're not making the right moves to make this team a contender. Let's keep talking about these prospects because in the second segment of the Locked On Red Sox podcast, I welcome Locked On MLB prospects host Lindsey Crosby to the show. I'm so excited to hear what he has to say about the prospects given to the Red Sox in the Vasquez deal, as well as the prospects that have come with the Eric Hosmer deal. We will get into that as soon as I tell you about Built Bar. If you have not tried these Built Bar puffs yet, you are depriving yourselves of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a brand new flavor, and I absolutely love it. It's cookie dough. It's covered in chocolate. Built Bar has done it again. It is the cookie dough chunk puff, and it has a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, which is a weakness of mine. And of course, like every other Built Bar, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. It only has 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein. So it tastes good. It's healthy for you. And what's great about Built Bars is all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. We have an offer for you. Head on over to built.com. Use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. I am joined by host of Locked On MLB Prospects, Lindsey Crosby. Lindsey, what a day for you to make your Locked On Red Sox debut. I, I wish I came with better news. I come with an Eric Hosmer. That's, that's yes. all I got, really. Yes. Um, fans are, I feel like they're conflicted because they know that Eric Hosmer can be a good player. We've seen he's a four-time mm-hmm. Gold Glove winner. Obviously, he's not what he was. He's older, and he only has 29 home runs since the start of 2020. But we're not here to talk Eric Hosmer. We're here to talk the prospects that came in with the the first baseman, and that is Max Ferguson and Corey Rozier. And the big thing I took away from a quick 
research on their scouting report is that they both lack power and Rozier's with his third organization after getting drafted in 2021. Yeah, they power is not great for either one of them. And I, I like to try to be, look at the positives and they both have fantastic speed. Uh, Rozier more than Ferguson, but they both have speed. So I guess let's take Rozier first. He's the one who I'm, I'm, I'm higher on. He actually was a ranked prospect for the Padres. I had him in the back half of the top 30. But something, I mean, very like contact hitter, very kind of just simple, fluid swing, uh, bats lefty, but double plus speed. So very fast, going to automatically be one of the faster players in your organization. Um, pretty good at using that speed to steal bases, good at using that to cover a lot of ground and center field. Uh, he is an above average defender. He's got plus arm strength. I think he can stick in center field. The question is going to be offensively, what do you get out of him? So high A this year, 263, 381, 396. He can draw walks. He can get on base. He can move from station to station when he gets on base. He's just not putting the ball um, out of the park. So that's kind of the issue you have there. And I think probably because of just the limitations on power. I mean, he's got nine career home runs in 117 games. I think you're looking at something where probably going to cap out as a fourth outfielder, defensive replacement, you know, uh, designated runner and extra innings kind of guys. Uh, a good comp here, I don't do a ton of comps on my show, but a good comp would be like a Billy Hamilton. Okay. Good defense, good speed, uh, except better contact ability. He can actually get hits, you know, and actually get on base, but power is just not really going to be a part of his game. So with the speed, I mean, a lot of people are thinking, you know, Jaron Duran, the speed was really hyped up for Jaron Duran. He hasn't exactly panned out this season. And then he had that abysmal play with the lost ball. And we don't need to relive well, that. what he was doing there. That was, that was rough. It was really rough. So do you think there's any, do you think Red Sox fans should have any fear about him maybe turning into that kind of player? Or will he make an impact on this Red Sox team or Worcester Red Sox at all? So it's going to take him a little while to get there. You know, be, being in high A right now, he spent the whole season at high A at age 22. So he's a little bit old for the level. Uh, and I will caution you, when you're looking at stats from high A for a hitter, you can kind of take the stolen base numbers with a grain of salt. He's 33 of 37 on stolen bases, but A ball has restrictions on throwing over. You know, the the if the pitcher throws over a third time in the at-bat and doesn't pick you off, you're automatically advancing to second. So, like, there's some rules in play that make it a lot easier to steal bases. Um, I think the defense is real. I think the defense will play. I think the bat... I think the bat has a chance to play. The good thing for me is it's a very simple approach. So, there's not a lot of extra moving parts. There's not, not a lot of waste in his swing. It's not like he has a bad swing. It's... It's simple. It's easy. If you can work on some of the pitch recognition, get him to, to not chase sliders out of the zone, I think you're going to do well. He does walk a lot. Like I said, 54 walks and 68 strikeouts in 85 games. So he's striking out less than once a game. He's walking almost as much as he strikes out. I do think he's going to be able to contribute. I just don't necessarily think he's going to be an impact player at the end of the day. So basically... The Red Sox or High and Bloom didn't do much to kind of help the now between both Rozier and Max Ferguson. But Max Ferguson also has the speed factor to him as well. And I've seen him ranked a little bit different. I've seen him 13. I've seen him 23. What can you tell us about Max Ferguson? 
I had him in the late 20s. He came out of University of Tennessee and they he he clearly took Tony Vitello's lessons about hitting for power to heart. And so coming out of the draft in 2021, it was it was something where we knew he had a better hit tool than he was showing us because he was selling out for power. He's kind of gotten back to uh, some of the old habits. He looked a little better as far as um, attempting to make contact and not trying to sell out for power. Statistically, the numbers don't look great this year. I'll just give you that heads up, kind of like a warning when you go out to look at it. Uh, low A, he was batting 247, 403, 364. Power wasn't there. On base, definitely was. Um, another guy walked as much as he struck out. Um, promotion to high A, he's been there about 30 games, batting under 200 right now. But speed is definitely there. The defense is there as well. Um, he plays. He's playing second base now. I think he could play center field. He's got the speed for it. He's got the the reactions and the routes. The issue with playing, why he's not at short is one, there was a better shortstop than him at college. And then every time he's gotten to an affiliate, there's been a better shortstop than him there as well. So a guy that has been playing second base out of positional versatility and convenience, but somebody who could also move to center, I will say he doesn't always look incredibly comfortable at second. Like he can make the plays, but it doesn't look like it's easy when he's doing it. It's a really odd scouting dynamic we see from time to time where it's like, well, he's making the play. It just doesn't look like it's that easy for him to do it, but he made the play. It's like, it's hard to get mad about it, but it's just something you kind of put away and you're like, maybe, maybe we'll look at, can he run in the outfield a bit? Um, but no, like tool, you know, hit tool is, is average to above average. When he makes contact with the ball, it's usually quality contact, just not a ton of power. So obviously not what Red Sox fans want to hear, especially after Haim Bloom traded Christian Vasquez and came out hours after and said that he still believes in this team as a contender, which I think is a, a lie because I don't think you trade your starting catcher and someone who's been a very bright spot for this team during a very bad stretch. But also you desperately needed bullpen help and there were plenty of people out there and you went and got prospects to build the farm and that's fine. But for the, for the right now, these prospects, if, even though there's potential, these prospects do not help the Red Sox in the now. Yeah, and looking from the outside, and you know, somebody who's not a Red Sox fan, my best friend's a Red Sox fan, but uh, the Red Sox from the outside feel like they're in this position of, they're kind of stuck in the middle. They're not quite good enough to contend, but they're not bad enough to tear it apart. And I think you you need to do something to lean one way or the other. And this trade deadline was a good opportunity to say either we're going to go get, you know, a reliever. We're going to go try to, you know, find another bat, get some pieces to help us. Or it was a time to move some guys out, you know, maybe move a JD Martinez on an expiring deal, things like that, and accumulate some pieces. And you tried to kind of split the difference a little bit. I do think there's some stuff you could do to salvage this as far as maybe some call-ups, maybe, you know, trying to get some some guys some playing time. But it, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, you've got to decide, okay, are we going to go for a wild card spot or are we going to try to not rebuild, but retool and make another run? And you're still kind of in the middle. And so we'll see what happens. It's kind of like what you said with Max Ferguson, where it's like he makes the play. You can't really be mad at it. So the Red Sox keep J.D. Martinez and Nate Valdi. Can't really be mad about it, but they really did nothing to kind of help this team 
be a legitimate contender, especially when the Yankees got better. I don't know if anyone's going to beat this Padres team. Oh my gosh. It, they had themselves a day. I don't know where they get all this money. I wouldn't mind if they kind of handed off some offer to, to you and me. I think we deserve it's, it. It's like, I think right now the Padres, if you go back in tw- 2020 and you look at their top 30 prospects in 2020, I think they've traded like 22 or 23 of them. God. I mean, there's so many of these guys are gone. Now the return is great. Juan Soto, Josh Hader, right. Josh Bell. I mean, there's they've gotten tons of great pieces, but they've shipped out so much to do it. They... They decided to go all in um, on this season to try to make a run, and they're going to pay for it later. And there's a small part of me that wonders, could the Red Sox have traded in some pieces to try to go all in and make a run or sell some stuff and reload the farm? And didn't do either one. So I get it. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. How would you grade the Red Sox trade deadline just from what we've seen between Vasquez and Tuesday? Ooh, Red Sox fans don't kill me on this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, I would have said C, but I might downgrade it half a grade simply because the catcher, like when you traded your catcher, you traded him to your opponent for the three-game series after he went through the hitter and pitcher meetings. Yeah. So he gave away all your secrets when he went. So I'm going to downgrade it from a C to a C minus because of that. I don't disagree one bit. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining Locked on Red Sox. Where can people find you? Hi, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked on MLB Prospects, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Farm. And we do mailbags every Monday. So if you have questions about Red Sox prospects you want to know about, send them our way. We'll throw it in Monday show. Awesome. Thank you so much. And let's hope for brighter days ahead for this Boston team. Absolutely. Thanks. A huge thank you to Locked On MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby for joining me and giving us a little bit more insight to the Red Sox prospects that were acquired in the Eric Hosmer deal. We have one more segment for you here on Locked On Red Sox, and we're just going to kind of gen- generally recap the deadline and just kind of see who stayed, who who went, and a little bit of everything in between because there were some names that were on the trading block that are still within the organization. Thank you for tuning in to Locked on Red Sox on this MLB trade deadline day. It is now 636 Eastern time. So there's going to be no more trades for the Red Sox. There was no bullpen help. There was a little bit of first base help. There was just overall, I am very disappointed in this trade deadline. If you couldn't tell from the first segment here on Locked on Red Sox, but the two biggest names that were not traded today were JD Martinez and Nate Evaldi. Those were two names that were very high on the, the rumor mill. Nate really expressed his desire to stay with the, the organization. He wants to be a Red Sox forever. J.D. Martinez also expressed that he wanted to stay, and they both get their wish. I can't imagine they're happy about the Christian Vasquez trade, but at the end of the day, they are still here, and they both are in contract, so who knows what the future holds for either of them. I don't know if they'll even want to come back after this last trade deadline. And again, just Hyam Bloom failing to get help. I have said several times that I believe Hyam Bloom is on thin ice with Red Sox fans. And I truly believe he's on thin ice with the Red Sox players because this is, I sound like a broken record, but this, these are not the Tampa Bay Rays. These are the Boston Red Sox. This is a team built to win. Its payroll is built to win and they're not doing it. So very unfortunate. I was very disappointed by the trade deadline, but my hopes weren't all that high. So 
I try not to get my hopes too high, especially around any deadline, but especially this one. But I was very, very hopeful that there could be an ounce of bullpen help for the Red Sox. Thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Red Sox right here on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast is where you can find us. You can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox. Jake at Jake Iggy. Like I said, he will be back Wednesday. We will react together about this trade deadline. And it's going to be a fun show because we agree on a lot of things, both being lifelong Red Sox fans, working in Boston media, but this is something we do not agree on. And I'm very excited for you to hear both of our sides of it. Find me on Twitter at la 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 Lauren, three laws, Lauren of four R's. Check out all the other locked on shows, locked on MLB prospects, locked on Yankees, locked on Padres. They had a heck of a day. And every other MLB team, we all have a really good time here at Locked On Red Sox. And now that you've made Locked On Red Sox your first listen, head on over to Locked On MLB to make it listen number two. Paul Francis Sullivan, just call him Sully, good friend of mine, good friend of the pod, brings you his unique perspective of major leaguers, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. He uses his humor. He uses his knowledge to bring you all this information. It is a must listen. We will be back Wednesday for a, a recap of Tuesday's game. And Wednesday afternoon game as well. The Red Sox play at 2.15 on Wednesday to wrap up their series with the Astros. They'll get a lot of trade deadline reaction. We're going to end this show as we always do, even though I'm feeling a little pessimistic today. But as always, let's go Red Sox.